You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Melbourne, Australia, and you're listening to the Global Spotlight Podcast. Now, this is going to be enormous. I am absolutely convinced this is at least a three-parter, but where this is going to go, nobody knows. It's February 2015, and we are creating some magic today, and we're prepping for something that is huge. I'm not really even sure where this is going. It's so big that we've decided to just jump on a call, make something happen for you today so that you can get started. But we're going to take this deep. And let me just explain what we're doing. I'm chatting today to Laura Wage from Denver, a very, very good friend who I've worked on uh, in recent times with some other cool projects. And we're going to do a three-parter on the whole coaching journey. Why and where did you get into coaching? What, what did you do when you hit the plateaus? How did you get online and all of that stuff? And then the deep stuff, systems, online products, multiple streams of income. You know, this stuff is going to be so, so interesting. And I'm going to turn it into all sorts of variations, possibly an ebook, maybe a product. You just never know where this is going to go. So welcome to the call, Laura. Thank you, Keith. I'm so excited to be here with you. We've worked together on a few projects, and in fact, you were doing the interviewing last time, so it's my turn to flip it. I know. It's kind of fun for me. I feel like I'm in the hot seat a little bit. Yeah. Well, our our podcasts were uh, really quite amazing. We did about 122 of them in total, and they're all on iTunes under the heading Overcome Online Overwhelm, and they're still rocking. Mm -hmm little five-minute chunks of wisdom. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it and do, do a little bit of a coaching journey story, this idea that you know, we've created this product called The Missing Link for Coaches, a, a mastermind, a membership site, a membership site for coaches who want to get their mojo around taking their coaching from one-on-one in a room to online products for the world. And you've done that. And I, so I thought in part one, why don't you start right at the beginning with your, 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 the who and where and why of coaching? Why did you do this? And what do you mean by the phrase, this is who I am, not what I do? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you asked that. When I was, um, whew, this is going way back, I was probably, I think, maybe 24, I left my job and entered a career. And in this career, I was actually a sales manager. And my job was to manage or essentially coach all of the sales reps that worked for me. Now, what was really interesting was that I had always enjoyed teaching people things, but I don't think I yet understood about my personality because I was young that I really was a coach. So when I got into this role of being a sales manager, I just thrived. And as my career developed and as I grew in that role, 
I went from being a sales manager of our local branch to being a regional sales manager to eventually being a director of sales where I now coached about 55 sales managers so that they could coach the team of 1,400 sales reps that collectively reported to them. So, you know, it's really interesting. I have said this to you before. In that role, what I realized and what was so profoundly important was that coaching was not something that I did. Coaching is who I am as a person. And Mm -hmm. I think you of all people can attest to the fact that I can't even help it if I want to. When you and I get on a call and I see that you're going down a path that that might not be the best one for you, or maybe you're repeating a behavior that has hindered you in the past, mm. um, I cannot help but coach you because that's who I am. It's not just mm. what I do. I want to... I want to pick up on there and I want to sort of admit to an amazing revelation that Laura helped me come to and that is that I think, and I think Laura actually came up with this phrase, I think I have professional ADD. Like I've taken the word ADD and I have made it into an art form. Like I have got shiny shiny object syndrome on steroids. I love playing with gadgets. Yeah, you really do. You you do. And but it's one of those things that when somebody can help you understand that okay, yes, I have this part of me that I love and there's benefits to those things within my personality, but I have to learn how to harness it so that I can make it productive and get to an end result and not just have this professional ADD that spread me so thin I can't be effective at anything. That's right. Can't be effective in anything. So I'm learning heaps of stuff and I'm sharing lots of things and I'm a resource to the world. And lots and lots and lots of people love me for that. But it's it's actually not very good for my health and it's not very good for my professionalness. And so when you say you can't help but coach, it's so true. Mm-hmm. You know, we're chatting about something and you just you put that hat on, don't you? You just put that hat on. I try not to. I can't help it. Actually, I think one of the things that um that I really appreciate about my daughter is she for 18 years I was a single mom. So I raised her by myself and she used to say to me, "Can I please have my mom? I don't want a coach." And it really just brought a lot of clarity wow. to the fact that um, it is a, a hat because it is who I am. And I think this is really important for all coaches because it is who we are. We can't help but be coaches. It's equally important to know when you need to tamper that and when you need to be mm. able to, to wear a different hat as well. So, you know, just kind of one of those life lessons that that you learn to roll with over time. It, look, it is really amazing, and, and I really wanted to pick up on that phrase, it's who I am and not what I do, because it's not a job, it's a lifestyle, it's a, it's a way of being. But, you know, this is why I'm so inspired and why I'm very confident this is going to be at least a three-parter, and that, and that is because you have gone from working for the man, as you call it there, <laughs> you know, working a day job, which you loved, and now, then you moved into the coaching role proper. Then you moved to consultancy, and now you have your own online products. And now you teach people to do that. 
So, you know, you are, you are the full shebang. You've come full circle. And I really want to tap some of your wisdom, at least some of your wisdom today. Can you explain a little bit of that journey so we can maybe even set up part two, which is what to do when you hit those plateaus and how do you grow? Yeah, absolutely. So for me personally, part of that journey, um, it was really heartfelt inspired. I had a lot of success in corporate America, but I hit a plateau within corporate America where I had been in the role as, you know, in the sales position, I had worked all the way up to a director of sales and I was working some weeks, 80, 90 hours a week. I traveled five days a week for business, usually lost a weekend day to getting back and catching up. As I said, I was a single mom, so it was incredibly difficult for me personally. It was exhausting and I really got to a point where I hit a threshold or what I'll call a happiness plateau with corporate America. I didn't want to do it mm. like that anymore. And while coaching brought me pleasure, um, the act of being able to coach people was really just losing its appeal in that environment. Yeah, in that in, format. Exactly, yeah. in that format, in that environment. And I knew for that reason that I had to make a change because plateaus are going to come no matter what you do or who you do it for or with, if it's your own gig, you're working for somebody else, but being able to tap into the emotions of knowing when you need to make a change is so critical. And I wish I would have made that change sooner because life got so much better once I really paid attention to that emotions and branched out. So what happened is I, with no warning, quit my job um, because I had missed an event for my daughter that was really important to her. She had a school play. I missed her school play because a business trip that I was on, bad weather hit. I thought I had it all worked out. I was supposed to be getting on a plane, flying from Washington, D.C., back to Atlanta, which is where we lived at the time. That flight got canceled. The next flight didn't get me there in time, and I broke my daughter's heart that night. And I knew that I had to make a change. I had to do something different. So I quit my job the next morning with no backup plan, no nothing. I just knew it's what mm. I needed to do. Look, I'm so inspired by that story. I'm so inspired by that story. I've heard you tell it before. And I, I just love the idea that, you know, when you, when you hit those plateaus, it's time to mm -hmm. jump. And sometimes jump. I did this when I, my, on my 40th birthday. I did the same thing. I jumped because... I had to jump. I had to make a leap because I was stuck, and the only way to do that is to jump. Now, not everyone can jump, and I'm not advocating that position, but um, you often talk about the shift between coaching to consulting and how that actually not only changed your model but also really dramatically changed your income level. Yeah, it did. And, you know, before we go down that path, I will say that when I left corporate America, I did just start coaching. And I coached people personally. Um, initially, I elected to just primarily focus on women that were starting businesses because I had a lot of business mm. experience. I had a lot of sales experience. And I knew that it was an audience that I could identify with and I could help. So I just coached women starting businesses for a long while and I enjoyed it. But then I started to feel those emotions again where I felt stuck. I felt like I had plateaued. Stuck. 
So then it was time for the next thing. And for me, that was still coaching. It wasn't yet consulting. But I started doing teleseminars and creating workbooks to go along with them. So that became like another level. But then I hit a plateau there. So then I started doing public speaking, first starting off with local groups, then it got national, then it got international, and then that kind of hit a plateau. I think what you might be seeing is that for me, I have a habit of goals, accomplishment, plateau, so then I need another goal to keep me going. Mm. And if you live forever, just imagine how much you're going to get done. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? If I could be a vampire, I would. <laughs> and look, I, I think the reason why I'm so inspired by your story is is the plateau piece. This idea that you know, so many of my coaching friends are still somewhat locked in the dollars for hours mm-hmm. model, which is a trap. It's a lovely trap in some respects because it's better than working for the man, but it's a trap in the sense that you can only make money if you're there. Absolutely. Whether you're a, you know, whether you're a coach or you write resumes or you teach guitar, you know, you can only make money when people turn Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I, in the the path of that coaching, I coached people on internet marketing and on developing their businesses, not only physically, but also with an online presence. And because of that, I got introduced to some people. I wound up writing a book that became a national bestseller. Um, doing a few different things, but was getting so much more ingrained in this digital world during that process that I actually started creating some programs of my own. So now I'm creating like one of them was called Perfecting Pinterest. It taught people, it was one of the first programs that taught people how to leverage Pinterest for business Mm -hmm. to grow their presence. And then in doing that, That led to more speaking arrangements. That led to more people buying the program. One thing seeds the other. And there is where the bridge to consulting actually took place. Ah, okay. Now, that's the perfect segue. We're just about finished the 15 minutes of part one. I knew this would go fast, and I knew we were going to do at least three parts. Let's hold that thought and come back in part two to talk really deeply about this idea of the plateaus and what to do when you reach a goal and need something more. We want to talk about the online world and how that morphs into a consulting role, which has has a much more lucrative element, and also it's the next level. So hold, hang with me. I'm going to go into some funky music, and I'm going to be back with part two of Laura Weish. Sweet as ice cream, but cold as ice. <laughs> 